Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. So today we're continuing a series we started uh, last week called Big Ten, and we are on part two of a 10-week series where we are going to look at the Ten Commandments that God gave the people of Israel thousands of years ago and discover how it makes a difference in our lives today. Now, before we get into the second commandment, I want to talk a little bit about my son. He's going to be eight years old this month. And uh, if you know Nate, uh, or maybe if you, you've got kids of your own, or you're a grandparent, or an uncle, or an aunt, isn't it beautiful how kids have such a vivid imagination? Like, and isn't it also sometimes like, calm down, the house is not a fortress. Like I'm telling you right now, those are my pillows. Those are not stones and the floor is not lava, right? But, but it, it's just, it's just awesome. Like kids, especially, and I look at my son the other night, Friday night, I was putting him to bed and he tells me, he's like, dad, dad, dad. He's like, there's one time a year where the armies from the North and the South and the East and the West all come together for a battle. And he's pointing to his Lego set underneath on his floor. And he's like, tomorrow there's going to be a war. I'm like, get at it, son. Like, it's a war every time I come in this room and try not to lose my salvation stepping on a Lego. So I totally understand the war. But it's just so amazing to see his, his imagination in full effect. And, and think about it. How much of our life is, is shaped by imagination? I mean, I, I'm thankful for the Marvel Universe. Someone imagined that. Right? The books you read, the, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, someone composed and imagined a symphony. And in 1952, Walt Disney started Walt Disney Imagineering, just a part of their company where they would just get together and think and imagine these possibilities that, that we've come to enjoy today. And so I'm here this morning to tell you adults, let's get our imagination. Let's, let's dream up. Let's imagine. That's good. However, and this is where I'm going to preach. There's one area of our lives where imagination is off limits. There's one area, and we gotta discover this area, this matters. There is one area of our lives where, hey, big sign, no imagination allowed here, okay? So we're gonna talk about that area where we should never, ever imagine, and it matters. So why are we looking at the 10 Commandments? Oh, we believe that the 10 Commandments reveal the heart of God and reflect the Christian life. That's our belief about the Ten Commandments, that they reveal the heart of God and reflect the Christian life. Meaning, we are going to the Ten Commandments. Yes, it's found in Exodus, the second book of the Bible. Yes, it's Old Testament. Yes, God gave these commands to the people of Israel, and they matter for us today. We can see who God is, his character, what he desires by looking at the Ten Commandments and will reflect who he calls us to be. So by a show of hands, who wants to know God a little bit more today than you did yesterday, right? So we're going to look at the Ten Commandments. Who wants to reflect God to your community a little more today than you did yesterday? So we're going into the Ten Commandments. So last week we started with the first commandment. Does anyone remember kind of summary what the first commandment is? God says, I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt and you shall what? Have no other gods but me. So commandment number one is no other God except for me. That's what God says. And, and we discovered he gets to say that because he's God. 
He gets to say that because the first thing he does, remember redemption, requirement, reward. So the first thing he does is he redeems us. And because he's redeemer, he gets to say, don't worship no one else but me. It's just me. So the first commandment, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this. The first commandment tells us who to worship. And the second commandment tells us how to worship. Would you say that with me? First commandment tells us who to worship. Second commandment tells us how to worship, how to worship God. And so we're going to read this together. Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse four. You shall not make for yourself an image. You shall not make for yourself. Now, maybe you've heard a translation of scripture that says have no idols. Okay. That word image there in the Hebrew means idols, means images, means likenesses. Make for yourself an image. And then I love how God leaves nothing for imagination. Not in the form of anything in heaven. All right, no birds. Not in the form of anything on the earth beneath. No dinosaurs. Not in the waters below. No fish. He's just covering his bases. He's like, anything you could think of, you could imagine, you don't get to make an image of that thing for yourself. And, and here's why. We should ask, well, why, God, would you not want us to make an image? Maybe even make an image of you. Why would that be off limits? Well, here's what he says next. He says in verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. Why not? For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. He's telling us why. He's being specific. God knows who he's talking to. He, you got to be specific. You tell your kids, clean up your room and then it's not clean, and then they hit you with, well, you didn't say to do it today. You got to be a little more specific. So God's like, look, you're not making an image in any form. You're not going to bow down to it. You're not going to worship it. And I'm going to tell you why, because I'm jealous. And then he says this, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And then he goes on to say this, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So commandment one, here's who you worship. Commandment two, here's how you worship God. And the how that I want us to discover this morning is way bigger than just crafting an idol, shaping an idol. Because, come on, let's be honest, everybody. Anyone here, like, craft an idol in the last decade or so? <laughs> right, like, I could just check that one off. Like, that's great. I haven't formed anything with wood, with gold. Like, I'm good, Jesus. I've got this one covered. So, how then does this apply to our life? And I want you to write this down. The second commandment deals with self-willed worship. Self-willed worship. That's what God is getting at in the second commandment. So let's talk about fast food. Let's talk about Burger King. Let's talk about Burger King for a minute. Why not? Let's just go there. Um, who, who here knows the slogan or the motto of Burger King? Anybody? We had some guesses in the first service and someone found what, what is Burger King? What is, have it your way. We got Miguel beat him to it. Everyone clap for Miguel. Have it your way. Good job, Miguel. So he's like, I work there. He's like, I had to say it to every single person that came to the front. Like, what, you want onions on that or no? Pickles, you can have it your way. So I've got news. Um, I was doing a little bit of research for this message and, you know, I was just kind of looking for some practical examples in culture. So I came across, I was like, oh, I know Burger King, have it your way. This will probably work in the message here. Kind of give us a little levity before we really get struck hard with the word of God. Like, you know, this is what I do. So I'm Googling and it got really intense. 
It got intense because have it your way is not the slogan of Burger King anymore. They changed it in 2014. I'm like eight years late to the party. I was going to go there today and have it my way, but I can't anymore. That's not like, you probably still can, but here's, here's the new slogan of Burger King. Be your way. Be your way. So I'm going to share with you a quote from Burger King, but Christians, I need you to listen to me for a second. You already know where I'm going. Please, please, this is not your pastor saying boycott Burger King. Okay, can you just listen to me? Like, go get you a Whopper. That's fine, okay? Like, because I know I've seen Christians, like, you'll boycott anything you can because you're just like, oh, I read one thing. I saw an article. It got shared by 50 people, but I think it's true, so we can't shop there anymore. So please, spare me the emails and don't say, Pastor Keith said, if you eat Burger King, somehow you're supporting the Antichrist and all that. Like, none of that. Go get a Whopper. It's all good. Clear? If that's not clear, I won't move on. If you have a problem, email me, joe at blazechurch.org. He'll get back to you right away. All right? So I'm just pointing out something about any industry, and I'm going to show you that just this mantra is all over, just happens to be Burger King today. Good? So here's what they had to say why they changed it to be your way. Burger King said the new motto was intended to remind people that, quote, they can and should live how they want anytime. It's okay to not be perfect. And I want you to see this part. Self-expression is most important. Self again, go eat a Whopper for lunch. All good. What I want you to see is that the lie from the enemy, from Satan, your adversary, if you are a Christ follower, you need to know there is one who seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that in John chapter 10, that this lie that has existed from the Garden of Eden, do you know the first lie that he whispered to perfect Adam and Eden? Adam and Eden. Adam and Eve was, you can be like God. The very first lie that existed in humanity was you can be like God. You can create your own God. You can form an image. Self-expression is most important. And I just want you to see that at its most basic level, fast food, this lie has permeated all of society. Like it's everywhere. Church, this is the culture's narrative. I read a book this year called No More, Live No Lies by John Mark Homer. Phenomenal. And he just breaks down how the three enemies that sabotage our Christian life, the enemy, Satan himself, the flesh, and the world. And just, there's just this lie that's been introduced. And this is it. Do what you want. Be you, boo. Whatever you want goes. No one should tell you you can't be whoever you want. And that's in relation to our dreams and our career goals and our identity and our gender and our lifestyles. It doesn't matter. If you push against what I want, you are infringing on my self-expression. And that is a big no-no in society. And yet, when we look at the second commandment, it is you don't get to make an image of anything, especially God. So, this lie, very, very briefly summed up from the enemy, is this. Create your own God. If you don't like the God of Scripture, just create your own. Make money your God. Make retirement your God. Make relationship your God. Make success your God. Make comfort your God. Just create your own God, and self-expression is most important. So, 
Let's go back to Israel because it's real uncomfortable in here right now. So let's go back a few thousand years to the Israelites. Here they are camped out in front of Mount Sinai and Moses is up on the mountain and he's hearing the voice of God. He's receiving the 10 commandments and God gives him number two. We just read it, right? Don't make an image of me. Don't, don't make no images, no idols. This is heartbreaking. At this very moment, while Moses is hearing from God, I want to show you what the people of Israel were doing at the bottom of the mountain. It's going to blow your mind. It, it, this is Exodus chapter 32. When the people saw that Moses was so long coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron, that's his brother, and they said, look at what they say. Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, and this matters, we don't know what has happened to him. They just write him off because it's taking so long. Yeah. Right? Their impatience and their ignorance about Moses and God causes them to decide, you know what we'll do? We'll make our own image of God. Wow. He's taking too long. Don't like that. We don't really know what he's up to. Can't understand him. Let's just make an image that we could get behind, that we could really worship and understand. And so it says in verse 2, Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. And look at verse 4. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool, then they said, that's the people of Israel. Look at their pronouncement. These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have questions. I have a lot of questions as I read this. Probably too many to talk about today. So I'll just talk about one. So, the people of Israel have experienced the hand of God and God himself moving while they were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And God, through Moses, this fellow that we don't know what happened to, God displays his power. We call the 10 plagues or the 10 tests. God does wonderful things. Then he leads them out through the Red Sea. God himself. Now they haven't seen him. That's the issue here. They have yet to see him, but they've seen his power. They've seen what he's able to do. God frees them. They're camping out Mount Sinai. Moses goes up the mountain. They hear the voice of God. They're terrified. And then they say, Aaron, make us a God that we can worship. And so Aaron takes all their gold and he handcrafts newly. This is handcrafted. Like you could sell this for hire. This is not a machine. This is handcrafted golden bull cow statue. Just did it. Like I just did it. And then we all chant. These are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. Now, I know what you're thinking. They can't be that dumb. They clearly... This handcrafted, newly fashioned golden bowl wasn't there weeks ago when they got brought out of Egypt, yes? Right, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. There's no way that they're like, ah, you were there the whole time, but now we just made you, so now you're here, 
so you must have been there. Like, come on, these are regular people. You follow, like, they, they know that this bull calf they just made was not there. So what are they doing? They're doing what you and I do. The only thing they had seen about God was his power. And they take the one image they have in this time as a sign of power, a golden bull, and they form an image and attribute God to the image. Don't miss this. They're not creating a new God. They're just giving the God they can't understand an image that they could worship. They're just trying to make him visible because we don't know what happened to Moses. And it's taking a long time. And I can't just sit down here wondering where Moses is and what God's up to. So I'll grab onto the part of him I think I understand and I'll make an image around that and I'll worship that. Shame on you, Israel. So let's fast forward to 2022 for us. You and I can do the exact same thing multiple times a day. I'll show you. See, when we say, and I'm going to give you a sentence, and this is one, if you're taking notes, you probably don't want to write down, because if you write it down, the Holy Spirit's going to work on you with it throughout the week. So you may want to just ignore this next slide that comes up, unless you really want to be changed by God this week. If you have ever said, and I have, a sentence that started with this, just can't believe that God would. Do you know what that is? That's image forming. I just can't believe that God would. When we say that, when we express that, what we are saying is, I will only grab onto the parts of God that I understand and that are convenient for me to obey and that I like. I'll give you some examples. I just can't believe that God would ever send anyone to hell. I just can't get around that. I, I just can't believe that. And so we discount all the scripture has to say about eternity because we just can't believe it. Or we make the positive. You know, when I think of God, I like to think of him in terms of love. Like he's just there for me in the morning. I even set up a coffee cup for him across the table. I have coffee with Jesus each morning. He tells me he loves me. He tells me he's proud of me. He doesn't bring up last night and all the decisions I made because he's a God of love. He doesn't have a standard for me. There, there's no actual like discipline. I've just removed that aspect of who he is. I just can't believe. I, I just can't believe that God would expect me to be radically generous in a season. God, have you even checked oil prices? Are you, are you kidding me? I just can't believe that he would want me to do that right now in this season. I, the giving scriptures and the whole set aside of some on the first day of the week, bring back to the Lord what's his. I can't get behind that right now. God, you want me to forgive that person? Do you know what they've done to my family? Have you seen what they stand for? They're on the other side of the political aisle. You want me to love them? I can't, I can't believe that. Guys, we make an image of God all the time. Is this, is this getting through? Like, I know it's hard, but this is breaking the second commandment. Not making an idol, oh, that's easy. We could not make an idol, but making an image about the God that we want to serve instead of the God who reveals himself in scripture? I don't know about you, but I do that all the time. Make up our own versions of Jesus. You got Jesus as my homeboy Jesus. You got inflation Jesus, the Jesus who disappears when the prices go up. You got girls just want to have fun Jesus. He doesn't care who I sleep with, who I'm with at this time. I mean, we just, just hang out, just whatever. It's real. It's what we do. 
And we break the second commandment because we don't understand or like an aspect of the God who redeemed us. Guys, this God who redeemed us will not allow us to tell him who he is and how he gets worshiped. He's just too great for that. He's too great. I'll show you. I'll mess with you a little bit more. When I get messed with just a tiny bit more, and then we'll have like the gospel part where we all feel good and sing. One more. I'll show you. We already read it. We already read it. Here's what Jesus, here's what God says about himself. You're not going to like this. You just didn't see it. You probably already don't like it. I already showed it to you once. Here's what he said. He said, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. Why? Look at who, look at what he says. For I am jealous and I punish children. Oh, no, 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 no. I can't believe that about God. Punish the children for the sin of the parents, the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Go to the next slide. We'll make a song about this one. But showing love to a thousand, gener and, and a thousand generations. We all got that song. It's the blessing, right? Like, just pour it out on me, Jesus. When's the last time we sang a song about children getting punished from God? Because of the lifestyle of their family. When's the last time we sang about God's jealousy that wasn't about us? Like, I know he is jealous for me, and we kind of make it about us. Right? Again, image making there. Not a knock on John Mark McMillan. Everybody calm down, Okay. <laughs> But look at what we do. We pick and choose the parts of God that we understand or like most, and we form an image for him. And that's the God we pursue. Conveniency, God. The American dream God. The, the God who forgives everything and doesn't care about how I live my life and has no standard for me, God. We, we make these images. And, and here's the problem. You and I are prone to doing this. In fact, Martin Luther says our hearts are a perpetual idol factory. Meaning we could, I could pump out idols like it's nobody's business. I could, I could easily find some other stuff to worship all throughout my day. Comfort, success, money, power, sex, whatever. It, it just, I just live for that, just want that, desire that. We're so good at making an image of God. That's the problem. We desire an image of God that we can get behind. That's the problem. But here's the solution. You and I don't have to make an image of an invisible God. He's already given us an image in the person of Jesus Christ. That's the truth. Like, look, I've got so many things I got to think about during my day. Now it's getting warmer, which is great, but that means my grass is going to grow, which means now I got to mow my lawn every week, all right? That's, that's just another thing I've got to do. You've got your list of things to do and people to see and work and life and all that. Here's one thing you don't have to do. You do not have to come up with an image for God. He's already given us Jesus Christ. And we look to Jesus and we worship him. But the problem is when we look to Jesus, our will... And our want gets conflicted with what he wills and what he wants. Yeah. And we read and he says something crazy like deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. And we say, can I, can I legally rip pages out of the Bible and be okay? <laughs> he says, forgive not once, but seven times, 70 times in a day. Yeah. And we say, that's insane. He says, seek me first. Store your treasure in heaven. Financially give through your local church. And we say, he must just not understand the economic climate right now. It's what we do. But here's the thing. We don't have to do that. We can just look to him and trust him to be God and us to be the ones he's redeemed. <laughs> the, I don't even know if I should read this. It jacked up the whole 930. Let's get jacked up with the 930. Here's what Tim Keller tweeted about this. 
If your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. There's a good chance if when you and I open scripture, if our hearts is not convicted in some way, and we just walk away saying, man, I'm killing it as a Christian. This is awesome. I should start the first church of Keith right now. Like, this is good. I've got, if that's how we walk away from scripture and there's no part of us that says, man, I'm so grateful that your mercies are new each morning and that you want to bring me from glory to glory and that you want to reveal more of yourself to me so I might reflect more of your power and the abundant life to the world around me. If that's not happening, there's a good chance we're going to scripture for confirmation bias. The same way we do for social media and your preferred news station to just confirm what you already believe. See, God is God. We're not. We don't get the right to make an image of him. And we don't have to. Here's what Paul says in Colossians. The son is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is that very image. You want to know what God is like? Look to Jesus. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, so then let him walk in this room right now and I'll believe in him. If he just walked in, sat down front row, he has got my faith. No, no. Because when Jesus resurrected, scripture says people saw him resurrected and they still did not believe in him. So if you think what it's gonna take for you to believe in Jesus is him physically walking into this space, no. In fact, Jesus himself said, it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit will come. God himself has given us his very presence through the Holy Spirit. And so now we've got the presence of God that raised Jesus from the dead alive in us and the written authoritative word of God. That's what we need. He's given us everything to see the invisible God. Paul goes on to write this. He says in Verse 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and notice this, for him. Paul writes in Romans that the issue with humanity is we traded the truth for a lie and started worshiping the created things instead of the creator himself. That's us making an image of God. When God gives us a good thing and we make it a supreme thing in our life. I'm afraid sometimes to pray for God's blessing because it's like I've seen in my own life and in the lives of others, God, give me a job, give me a job. God gives you a job and suddenly like, God, I'm sorry, I can't honor the Sabbath anymore. You gave me this job. God, give me, give me a children. Give me, give me, we pray these things and God does it and we start worshiping what's created instead of worshiping him. Worship him. Why? Because he's before all things, it says in verse 17. And in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Look at this, verse 19. For God was pleased to have how much of his fullness? All of it. This will mess with me mathematically. Jesus was not half God, half man. He was 100% God and 100% man. All the fullness of God dwelt in Jesus Christ. And God was pleased for Jesus to carry the fullness of God. And John 1 says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He walked among us. We saw him. And through him, this is good, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's the gospel. 
See, you and I needed to be reconciled to God because we serve other gods. We serve ourselves. We live in our sin. And God sent Jesus to this world to reconcile us to him through the blood of Jesus. If you've never heard this before, then let me preach the gospel to you for the first time. You and I are lost in our sin. We are separated from God and we can't work our way into God's good graces. You and I cannot do enough good things to let God say, I forgive you of your sin. We need a sacrifice. And Jesus himself came to this world and died on the cross for you so that your sins could be paid for. He rose from the dead so that you could be a new creation. And scripture says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, you will be saved. Somebody give God some praise right now that our salvation is because he shed his blood on the cross. And if you haven't called on his name, do it now. Not at the end of the service. Right now, where you are, say to Jesus, I believe in you. The scripture says, all who call in the name of the Lord will be saved. And yet, we can look for other images of God. Just like the Israelites. On the mountain, when God was speaking, and all they had was his word, they made an idol. Years later, on another mountain, God spoke again. And I want you to see what he said because it's for us today. If you want to know how to serve the God, how to worship, remember, it's who to worship and how to worship. If you want to know how to worship God, listen to what God says here. Mark 9, 7. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. Let's say what God said that day together. This is my son whom I love, Listen to him. You want to know what the Christian life comes down to? Listen to Jesus. God puts his stamp of approval on the son in that moment. This is my son. I love him. Listen to him. And the listen there in the Greek literally means yield to or bend your will to. So I would say this, when it comes to following Jesus, our ears work way better than our imagination. <laughs> this is the off-limits zone for imagination, everybody. We don't get to imagine what God is like or what he likes. He has revealed who he is to us through the person of Jesus Christ. And when we rub up against something that God says that we say, I just can't believe that, we doubt our doubts in that moment. We don't doubt the creator. I just can't believe that God would expect this, but you know what? I've been wrong before. <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong now. Maybe I need to go on a journey of listening to Jesus for a minute. Self-expression is most important. We put so much emphasis on how we feel in a moment. And I, and I love feelings. I get it. But I'll tell you, like, my feelings have lied to me before. I felt like having mint chocolate chip, and I got in, and I was like, I want a double fudge sundae. <laughs> and that's just ice cream. I feel like this in a relationship. I feel like moving. I feel like making this decision. Jeremiah says the heart is wicked above all things. It can't be trusted. So I love that our feelings have the potential. And I have a counselor, everybody. Just if you don't know that, your pastor sees a counselor every month. And I encourage you to as well. So I explore my feelings with my counselor. I, I love that. Our feelings have the potential to point us to Jesus. But the potential is to point us to him, not for us to put our emphasis and trust in how we feel. I'm going to trust in Jesus and listen to him. So here's what I encourage you to do. 
Fill your mind with who Jesus is. Fill your mind with him. We have access to the written, authoritative, inspired word of God. It's right there on your phone. We've got Bibles in the back of this room. If you don't own one and you want a paper Bible, take one off that table today. This is going to be bold, but I think it's right. And I say think. I think we would do a whole lot better if we stopped filling our minds with news outlets and social media and filled our minds with Scripture. Like, just fill it with Scripture. I, I want to know who God is. And to discover who he is, I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to go to the source. I wrote down a prayer that I'll pray for all of us, and then we're going to worship. We're going to sing one, one more song. Here's the prayer. May we stop attempting to make God into our likeness and instead allow him to make us into his. Yeah. Would, you, would you pray that every day this week with me? Because I need to pray that every day. I need to pray, God, today may I not attempt to make you into my likeness. And instead, may I submit to you making me into yours. May, may, I, may I not try to fashion an image about who you are, who I think you are, the parts of you that I like the most. And instead, may I just trust you to be God. And may I let you fashion me into the likeness that you have. Man, our lives would be changed. And, and it's possible. It's Jesus. So would you bow your heads right now? I want to pray this prayer for all of us, and then we're going to sing a song, Jesus over everything. Meaning he's, oh, Jesus himself, the real Jesus, over my thoughts of him, over my fears, over disease, over everything. Jesus reigns above everything. And this morning, we're, we're just kind of letting the Holy Spirit pick around in our hearts to show us where have we made an image of God instead of trusting in the one who's revealed himself. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercies that are new each day, for your grace. Lord, I am so grateful for your grace in my life. I'm thankful that your, your forgiveness never ceases, that your mercies are new each morning, and that your plan is so good, and that you did not leave us to wonder who you are or what you're like or wander in our own imagination, but rather you came and you walked among us. And we have your word and your spirit. We have the church, your body. We have the Lord's Supper and water baptism and we have the hope of your return. God, we have all that we need. And, and may you forgive us for the moments where we adopt patterns of this world. Where we choose self-expression to be most important. God, thank you that as we declare this song right now, that you're over everything. That it's our truth. It's our prayer. That we would cease from forming you into our desired likeness and instead trust you to be you and yield our will to yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.